Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Wanderers. Today, we will finish our breakdown of the chapter called The Fall of Gondolin from the book called The Silmarillion, written by J.R.R. Tolkien and published in 1977 after his death. A link to purchase The Silmarillion is in the show notes. Welcome! In the Lord of the Rings podcast, we wander the world of J.R.R. Tolkien by exploring the foundational epic stories from the deep past of Middle-earth. If you enjoyed Tolkien's books, or maybe Peter Jackson's movies, or perhaps you're excited for Amazon Studios' new series, The Rings of Power, and you want to dive deeper into the rich world of Middle-earth, then listen and subscribe. Magavanyan, fellow wanderers! Today's episode date is June 23. We are 70 days away from Amazon's debut of the Rings of Power series. On this day in Middle-earth, in the year 2942 of the Third Age, Bilbo the Hobbit has returned to the Shire with the One Ring. In the year 3018, Sauron has attacked Osgiliath, and Gollum has escaped from Mirkwood after Thranduil has been attacked. This is adapted from the Today Middle-earth History calendar on the OneRing.net. Let's check the map. These map checks are inspired by the beautiful maps that accompany the Lord of the Rings books, and I hope give you the context for today's story. If none of this makes sense, please listen to a few previous episodes and catch back up. It is the first age of Middle-earth. Morgoth, the Dark Lord, is searching for the single remaining elven stronghold that challenges his dominion, Gondolin, the Hidden City, founded by Turgon, son of Fingolfin. Tuor, a man, has been led by Ulmo to Gondolin to deliver a message of warning to Turgon. Turgon has also consented to the marriage of his daughter Idril to Tuor. Moglin, Turgon's nephew, desires to have Idril, and his anger and resentment grows as Tuor gains power and influence in Gondolin. A quick reminder, we're following the tale as it is written in the Silmarillion, but I'll add one or two details from a book that Tolkien's son Christopher published called The Fall of Gondolin, and which contains many manuscripts of various versions and Christopher's analysis on the evolution of the tale. If you're interested, a link to purchase The Fall of Gondolin from Amazon is in the show notes for this episode. We pick up the story with Tuor and Idril, and the birth of their son, Eärendil Half-Elven. Eärendil was born 503 years since the Noldor had returned to Middle-earth from Valinor. Eärendil is described as having the beauty and wisdom of the elves, like his mother, and the hardiness of men, like his father. And, quote, a light was in his face as the light of heaven. More about Eärendil will come in the next episode, but just a little teaser. If you've seen the trailer for the Rings of Power, you'll notice a giant statue of a man overlooking a bay of ships. That statue is of Eärendil. Now, even in these days of peace and bliss, Idril's heart was filled with foreboding. So she causes a secret tunnel to be dug that leads under the walls of the city and opens on the plains far to the north. It's important to note that news of this tunnel did not come to Moglin's ears. So let's look at Moglin for a minute. Since his mother's murder and his father's trial, his resentment towards Sturgon had grown, and his jealousy and lust for Idril had fostered a great hatred in his heart towards Tuor and Turgon. Moglin was particularly gifted in mining and quarrying, and had the habit of defying the king's order by going beyond the defensive mountains surrounding Gondolin. While outside the defenses, Moglin is captured by orcs, who take him to their master Morgoth in Angband. Morgoth tortured and broke Moglin, and Moglin, quote, purchased his life and freedom by revealing to Morgoth the very place of Gondolin. Morgoth released Moglin swiftly, lest the elves suspect treachery, and to aid the assault from within the walls, quote, and he abode in the halls of the king with smiling face and evil in his heart. 
When Erendil is seven years old, Morgoth let loose his prepared armies for the sacking of Gondolin. His forces included Balrogs, Orcs, Wolves, and Dragons. The attack came at the time of Festival, an old trick of Morgoth's when he killed the two trees of Eleanor. As the sun set in the west, the northern sky was filled with red light and fire, and Morgoth's forces came over the mountains. Many brave deeds were done, and the lord of the Balrog, Skothmog, was slain in the square of the king, and the tower of Turgon was raised, and Turgon fell. Now, as far as the Silmarillion goes, there is pretty much one paragraph that describes the battle. However, in other versions of the tale, Tolkien describes the battle and fall of Gondolin in much greater detail. In what Christopher Tolkien had called the original tale, you can find a description of the twelve battalions of elves that were able to marshal in defense of the city, including descriptions of their leaders, emblems, and army. Tuor, for example, had gathered a following, and on their helms they had wings like swans or gulls, and the emblem of the white wing on their shields. I imagine that their helms would have been a precursor to the crown that Aragorn wears after the War of the Ring, a crown that is described in Return of the King as, quote, all white, and the wings at either side were in the likeness of the wings of a seabird. Moglin also leads a company of battle, but they bore no symbol and instead were arrayed simply with a color black. Turgon, the king, and his company wore the colors of the royal house, white, gold, and red, with the emblems of the moon, sun, and scarlet heart. I'm sure there's some significance to those details, but I don't know what it would be. There were also the soldiers of the swallow, the heavenly arch, the pillar, the tower of snow, the tree, the fountain, the harp, and the hammer of wrath. I particularly like that name, not to mention the company of the golden flower, led by Glorfindel, who we'll hear about more in just a minute. Also of note is Idril, who, quote, arrays herself in mail, and also arrays Arindil, though only a child, in, quote, a tiny coat of mail that she had let fashion in secret. Seeing this great elven army arrayed in such colors and emblems must have been an impressive sight, but as impressive as it may have been, it wasn't enough to stem the tide of Balrogs, Orcs, and Dragons. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In the course of the battle, Moglin attempts to seize little Erendil and throw him from the high walls of the city. He is prevented by Tuor, who fights Moglin and eventually tosses him over the walls of the city, and thus fulfills the death prophecy of Moglin's father. Tuor and Idril gather what survivors they can and lead them through Idril's secret tunnel, away from the city. The flame of the dragons had turned the fountains of Gondolin into a great steam, and so the plains were thick with mist. This aided the refugees, who were unmarked on the plains, and they began to climb into the cold and terrible mountains through a pass near a rocky abyss. This pass was watched by Morgoth's servants, notably a band of orcs led by a single Balrog. As a quick refresher, Balrogs come from the semi-divine class of beings called the Maiar, who were lesser spirits to the Valar, but still powerful. The Balrogs were quick to follow Morgoth and his evil ways. These were horrific creatures. You remember the one that contended with Gandalf in Moria. Well, the refugees of Gondolin would have been destroyed by this Balrog, if not for, quote, the Valar of Yellow-Haired Glorfindel, chief of the House of the Golden Flower of Gondolin, and the help of the Eagles, who were also of the class of the Maiar, but served the righteous High King Banwe. 
The Eagles cast the orcs into the abyss, and Glorfindel dueled with the Balrog on a pinnacle of rock, eventually defeating it, but he also dies and falls into the abyss. Thorondor, Lord of Eagles, retrieves his body, and, quote, they buried him in a mound of stones beside the pass. Now, the very careful reader of Tolkien will recognize the name Glorfindel, while those who have only seen the movies will be missing out on this great character. You see, in The Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo is stabbed by the Nazgul, and Aragorn and the Hobbits are trying to rush him to Rivendell. In Peter Jackson's movies, help comes in the form of Arwen, Elrond's daughter, who finds them and takes Frodo to Rivendell. Now, I really love these scenes. What, a ranger cut off his guard? And the great horse race to Rivendell with nine Nazgul racing behind her. However, that's not what Tolkien wrote. Help came to Frodo from a great elf named Glorfindel, who drove off the Nazgul temporarily and gave Frodo his horse to speed to Rivendell. Before fainting, Frodo saw a shining white figure, which Gandalf later explained, quote, Yes, you saw him for a moment as he is upon the other side, one of the mighty of the firstborn. He is an elf lord of a house of princes. Glorfindel was even an active participant in the Council of Elrond, being among the first to suggest that the One Ring needed to be destroyed. So here is a riddle. If Glorfindel died, protecting the refugees of Gondolin from a Balrog in the First Age, is the Glorfindel at Rivendell the same elf? How is that possible? The answer is yes, this is the same Glorfindel. The issue of elvish reincarnation is a complicated one, and I don't think Tolkien ever came to an answer that he was satisfied with. And I won't even pretend to understand all that Tolkien did write on this question. But in Karl Hostetter's book, The Nature of Middle-Earth, we find this little passage in Tolkien's later writings. The Valar, using the spirit of an elf, and, quote, having among them as a whole a complete power over the physical substances of Middle-Earth, they could reinconstitute a body totally suitable to the deprived spirit. Indeed, when Manwe, king of the Valar, expressed hesitation to Iluvatar about reincarnating the spirits of the elves, Iluvatar says, quote, Let the houseless be rehoused. The former body, as it was before the injury that caused to death, may be restored. Boom. You didn't know we were going to go that deep today, but there you go. Let's return to the Gondolin refugees. Led by Tuor, they pass over the mountains and finally heed the advice from Ulmo. They follow the river Sirion south. There they join with the refugees of Doriath, led by Elwing, granddaughter of Luthien and Beren. On the Isle of Balar, just a little across the sea from the mouths of the river Sirion, Gilgalad is named High King of the Noldor. And here on the coasts and on the Isle of Balar, quote, the gleanings of Doriath and Gondolin settled. At this time, Ulmo spoke before the Valar and urged them to forgive the elves and rescue them from the might of Morgoth, but he was denied. Yet the wise said that, quote, only one speaking in person for the cause of both elves and men, pleading for pardon, might move the councils of the powers. But we'll get to that next time. Today we close out with Tuor, who grew to old age, but a longing for the sea grew ever in his heart. And so he built a ship, quote, and with Idril Celebrindal, he set sail into the sunset and the west, and came no more into any tale or song. So ends the tale of the fall of Gondolin, founded by Turgon under inspiration from Ulmo, protected by secrecy and the vigilance of the eagles, but eventually destroyed by dragons and Balrogs, not even Gondolin could withstand the evil might of Morgoth. Yet from this tale we see the second union of elves and men, and Erendil has been born, to be a hope and a light to the elves and men. We'll dive into that tale next week. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.